0: From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bowhunting product information. And hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine fingered host, Dan Johnson. All right, everybody, here we go again. It is April. 2019. It's April 19th today and I have eight hours of work left and then I have three days off and I'm going to dedicate those three days to turkey hunting uh, like I always do. Second season it's kind of become a tradition in the family where I bring all the family down. My mom watches the kids, me and the wife go out hunting. (laughs) This year however, It's going to be a little bit different i'm not so sure my wife is sold on turkey hunting in 30 degree weather so that might be a little bit difficult i'm going to have to pull out the rut clothing so i can dress warm enough to sit in a turkey blind but uh nonetheless i'm exciting i'm exciting i'm excited to get out there and uh chase some gobblers man i've talked to a couple buddies and if the weather's good and the wind's not blowing 30 miles an hour, they're talking, and that means they're killable. So that's what I'm going to be doing this week, and I know a lot of other people are out there. There's a good chance I'm taking my buddy John out. And to try to get him his first turkey ever. I know, I think that's the game plan for Friday, depending on if the wife wants to hunt. Uh, Other than that, man, just uh, get outside and uh, try to enjoy Mother Nature and get out of the cubicle for a little bit. So that's always a plus. Now, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking to a gentleman from Pennsylvania named Joe Marcello. Now, Joe his 2017 season was like the perfect season it was a bear hunt successful mule deer hunt in Colorado successful and a trip to Ohio for the rut uh, that's kind of a a tradition that he does as well successful so he went on three different hunts he batted 1,000 and uh, the dude was on fire last year and that's what today's podcast is about Uh, So I hope you enjoy this podcast. It's basically a hunter profile slash BS session podcast with Joe. I know you guys uh, seem to like those, so I keep putting them out. Now, quick shout out. As the summer gets here, I want to start talking more and more about gear, especially product reviews. Now, this past season, if there are some products that you guys want to review that you purchased and you liked, and I want to get the dislikes out there too, so not just a whole bunch of things that you really liked. I want to talk about the things that you didn't like either, and why you decided you you know you won't buy that product again. As as long as you know you don't sit there and say f this f that, but you know I know how we all talk anyway. I want to do some product reviews, so please reach out to me on Facebook if you want to do some of those reviews. I would really appreciate that. Uh it makes for good content and uh it it helps other hunters kind of point, you know, from from one hunter to another hunter. That's what that's what I always like about products from one hunter to another hunter. This is how I feel about a product and uh I think it's, uh, when you put it into that context, it's very, it's unbiased and very relatable. So other than that, I think we got to do a commercial. Who's the commercial today? It is Ripcord Arrowrest. Now you guys have heard me talk a lot about Ripcord over the past year, right? They are an Arrowrest. They have two different types. They have string driven and limb driven and, uh, They are quality, and when I say quality, I mean high quality products, man. I've had, in my life, I think I've had maybe one season where I didn't have a ripcord on my bow, but from 2006 until today, I can tell you that I've had literally two ripcord arrow rests over that period of time. And the only reason that I have a, had a new ripcord put on my uh, last bow was because I got one for free from the sponsorship that I do for these guys. So I didn't necessarily need it. I got it. I didn't necessarily need it. The other one was working perfectly. I passed it off to a friend who needed a rest for his bow. But very good people. And that's one, one thing I definitely like about uh, certain companies Uh, in the hunting industry, especially, uh, who I like to work with. I like to work with good people and the people, uh, Keith, the owner of Ripcord is a good person. He's a veteran. He, it's an American made product and it's a high quality, durable product. And especially for me, I beat the piss out of my equipment all year round. So I, I ask a lot out of my hunting gear and Ripcord always has, uh, come through. So, Go visit Ripcord Aero Rest and take a look at all of the products that they offer. Other than that, guys, enough talking. Let's get into today's Hunter Profile podcast with Joe Marcello. All right, on the phone with me today, Mister Joe Marcello. How are you doing today, Joe? I'm doing
1: good, Dan. How are you doing,
0: buddy? I'm doing pretty good, and I'm tell I tell you what, after the season that you had in 2017 man I'd be smiling for like two years in a row
1: uh, I'm uh I'm I'm pretty excited uh like I said I got a quite the tax army bill I'm doing a, <laughs> I'm doing a lot of side work right now to try to catch up
0: to try to
1: catch up for my pay for my habits
0: well I tell you what we're gonna and we're gonna get into the ins and outs of that here in a little bit but before we do why don't you tell everybody where you're from and what do you do for a living
1: um, I'm from uh, Manaca, Pennsylvania. It's in the uh, southwestern part of the state, and I'm a commercial electrician.
0: Okay. So you stay pretty busy throughout the year? Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Stay pretty busy. Okay. So uh, what part of the state is that in? Uh, southwestern part of the so, state. Okay. About,
1: um, yeah. About 45 minutes. Uh, north of
0: Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. So, do you hunt whitetails out there as well? I do. Yeah, that's mainly you know my passion. That's you know
1: it's pretty much all year round as far as scouting. It really never ends. Gotcha.
0: Okay. And just to put it in perspective, how old are you? I'm 25. Okay. 25. All right. So you're 25 years old, and we're mm-hmm. get you're getting ready to go in. Well, I want to I want to even go back a little bit uh, before we okay. start talking about this because wh- how long have you been a quote unquote deer hunter?
1: Uh, about seven years. Basically, my senior started my senior year of high school once okay. I was done playing football because I I really didn't didn't have any time in high school just because that that was so demanding as far as a, a schedule.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so your senior year in high school you started hunting and you started you know enjoying it um was it something that you kind of did like a little bit here a little bit there or is it something that you kind of just cannonballed into and said you know man i'm a hunter now
1: well i i I got my took my hunter safety course when i was probably when i was uh, maybe like a freshman but i never really had anybody to take me i don't really had never don't have any family um, locally that hunts or anything like that. And so I had the you know, kind of the desire, you know, we, uh, the house I grew up in, there was about 20 acres behind it. So we were always in the woods growing up, me and my brother, but, uh, um, yeah, I kind of just, once I had the, some time, you know, kind of started to, to, to get into it. I really kind of put in quite a bit of time that first year, but didn't, it, it uh, it didn't really go as planned. That's for sure. Definitely, uh, screwed up a lot
0: okay and um so your fresh, your senior year in high school you started hunting and now you're 25 um something happened in that period of time to make you say you know what i i really like this and i want to start expanding to more than just whitetails talk to us a little bit about that
1: well my third after my first season, I pretty much just gun hunted. Well, I bow hunted, um, you know, I, once I started. You know, my, my friend literally lent me a bow, and I started doing that that very first season. And I hunted probably with a bow for like a couple, maybe a month or so. And then it basically was going right into rifle season. So I gun hunted primarily that first year. And then the second year, I shot my first year with a bow in the early season of Pennsylvania. And then that, that's, kind of, that's what really started it. And after that, it was just, you know, on to the next thing. Just, you know, first shoot your first, first deer, got that out of the way with a gun, then moved to, you know, shooting the goal was to shoot, a, you know, any deer with a bow and did that. And then it was, you know, trying to shoot a buck. And, you know, and it just, just kept escalating. Right. Just, you know, new goals every year.
0: Right. So, you know, I, I like that approach to it. Because for me, um, I didn't really, I, I didn't start hunting serious until later in life however i was exposed to it at an early age through uncles and through friends and friends of friends um you know and i was exposed mm-hmm. to this quote unquote big buck you know you got to shoot a big antlered buck you know you got to shoot a big antlered buck were you exposed to the ant quote the quote unquote antler craze as a you know, as a young man, um, and did that have any influence on what you shot throughout the year?
1: Uh, no, not the beginning. At the beginning, I would have shot the first legal buck I could see. I was just hoping to <laughs> see a buck at that point. Right. You know, when I first started, my you know, very first buck I shot was a a six point with a with, you know with a rifle, and I was you know I was on top of the world <laughs> whenever I shot that year. So right. right. Um, but as as the years progressed, you know, obviously. After I shot the, my first buck with a gun, then it was, you know, I get the first, first buck with, you know, with archery tackle. And then from there, just keep getting, you know, bigger and bigger. And, you know, I shot a pretty nice one in 2016 and I was like, man, it might take a while to shoot one bigger than this and then the next year. <laughs> this past <laughs> season, I shot an even bigger one. Right. So, uh, I'm gonna have to start putting an addition on here, uh, to try to take care of these deer mounts or start to <laughs> learn how to do it myself. to to keep up with the you know the cost of it
0: right absolutely so then when you you know you started get you started hunting more in Pennsylvania and then you did you go outside when did you start going outside of the state because I know you mentioned you hunt in Ohio
1: yes I yeah I love Ohio that's I'd move there if I could but my job you know I work in I work in Pittsburgh so um, it's a you know, that'd be a little bit of a haul for me, but right. I had, I had some friends that, you know, uh, through, you know, knowing some, you know, knowing some landowners out there that their dad's worked with in Ohio. And then they, they kind of, you know, two friends really influenced me to, to kind of, you know, Hey, you want to come out here and hunt with me? And it just kind of got hooked from there. And, and then I just started to expand on my own and, you know, knocking on doors like crazy and, and just trying to find some places. And now I'm, you know, pretty, pretty established.
0: Nice, so you have a so you have places to go in Pennsylvania. You got places to go in Ohio.
1: Yes, yeah, multiple places. Yeah, okay.
0: For you know, you know, I'm I'm I can't relate, and uh, and that's why I like talking to guys who hunt in Pennsylvania and Michigan. Right, I I cannot relate to the high pressure type of hunting uh, that you guys have to deal with is that what led you out of Pennsylvania to start hunting in Ohio? Probably not. You know,
1: at the time I didn't really realize that that's what, I think it was mainly was, is it was so hard to see deer in Pennsylvania. And then I go out to Ohio and I'm hunting these areas where there's so many more deer and less pressure. And it's like, you know, I think I got drawn to Ohio and, and expanded more towards that, but you know, you know, um, but that's probably why, like, i not really looking at it that way. But more so, just yeah, you can. I just, I seem to have a lot better success in Ohio, um, right? And I, I think it's mainly just because, because, like you're saying, because of the pressure, right? But it's it's tough. What was really that- got? I really you really got looked in PA to to find those those small spots, right? You know, those spots that are overlooked and stuff like that.
0: So, what was your first? What was your first season like? Um, cause I talk to a lot of people who maybe will live in Michigan or they live in Pennsylvania and then they do exactly what you do or they come to Illinois or they come to Iowa and it's just this mind blowing experience for them. Not only are they seeing more numbers, mm-hmm. but they're seeing deer that you shouldn't shoot in Iowa or Illinois but it's hard not to, you know what I mean? Like they're told, okay, well, you're, yeah, you're probably going to see definitely. a a one, you, you know, you there's a potential you could shoot, see a one fifty class deer, so don't shoot the first one thirty class you see, even though you may have never seen a one thirty class from the tree stand before. Right. Was was it an eye opening experience like that for you making that transition from Pennsylvania to Ohio?
1: Yes, it was. Yeah, I. I'd, Yeah, I've seen a lot more bigger bucks in Ohio than I have in Pennsylvania, and I've hunted Pennsylvania, you know, a few more years than I have
0: Ohio. Right. Okay. So then, why? you know, did it take some time for you to get used to this change? Or, I mean, did you shoot the first, um, I guess, the biggest buck you've ever seen in Ohio, or did you start passing some of these uh, smaller caliber deer to you know, hold out for something bigger?
1: Um, I, yeah, I tried, I tried, I guess I should say (laughs) that's probably I tried to, I, um, the very first full season of hunting Ohio, I hunted on a farm that was, it, it got slammed. I ended up having an area just got over hunted. Yeah. Um, I seen a really big buck. I did saw a really nice buck, which looking back, it probably was like low 140, something like that, which to me. Like you said, that was the first time I'd ever seen a big buck like that. So, right. Um, but then the year after that, I really pushed hard and found, you know, I found a property and and I actually uh, missed a, a bigger buck on it that the following year and then, you know, sitting in a tree stand all day, you know, pretty decent looking two-year-old two walked by and I shot him. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but um, uh, I'm definitely kind of – you know after this season and and picking up a couple extra properties and stuff like that um I, I kind of set myself up in PA this year to where you know I can try to to get that itch out a little early you know in, in Pennsylvania like if I see a decent two-year-old buck in PA I'm probably I'm probably gonna shoot it but now in Ohio I'm definitely passing two-year-olds you know what I mean yeah but absolutely. because of the pressure in PA absolutely but,
0: So now I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you're fairly, you're, you've been in the game, you know, you started hunting when you were roughly 17, 18, you're 25 now. So that's what, seven years, roughly you've, you've been hunting. So somewhat still you're, you're younger, right? You may have a little bit more experience than most, but you're still in that, what I'm going to call a younger age, age class, I guess you'd say. What oh, then yeah, for sure. what then kind of made you think you know what there's more to this world than just whitetails you know what made you start thinking about maybe either you know heading north to Canada or heading west to you know Colorado
1: Uh, I have quite a bit of friends that they travel a lot and hunt a lot. And just, you know, it just never seemed like, you know, I'd get invited on the trips, but just didn't seem like, you know, something would come up and I couldn't go and I couldn't, you know, couldn't spend the money at the time. And then, you know, kind of just got a little bit more established and settled down with everything. And then, you know, then, you know, finally pulled the trigger and had a couple of good opportunities at some cheap, some cheaper trips to do it yourself once and, and just you know, was tired of sitting on the sidelines and having all my buddies send me pictures. So, <laughs> kind of uh, you know, I wanted to get out there right. and you know try some try something different.
0: So, what did you have to do when you made the the mental decision to say, you know what, I want to I want to do one of these hunts? What were some of the preparations, you know, the steps? What what kind of preparation did you have to do to, you know, make those thoughts then come become a reality? uh save saving being more
1: you know uh, mindful of my you know spending you know what I mean like you know now it goes with new gear, you know you want to mm-hmm. buy the newest and greatest thing I kind of realized you know i have everything I need to to be successful and the you know to hunt whitetails and you know I really don't need to spend any money, so really just saving and then doing some you know some side jobs and and really pushing on that to to make some extra cash and and that that was the biggest thing was was you know just
0: putting all that money away and just, just you know, keeping, just staying focused on, you know, getting out of here and, and going somewhere else. Right. So going along with the savings, there has to be some other prep work too, right? Because you can't just, you know what? I'm going to drive to Colorado and I'm going to shoot a yeah. mule deer or an elk. Okay. Right. Yeah. There's got to, there's, right. there's some other prep work, some research maybe. Did you have to, what did you do right. as far as, finding out what species you wanted to hunt and where to hunt that species.
1: Uh, my one friend, one of my best friends who I hunt with, he had went to the, on the bear hunt that, that I ended up going on this, this, uh, previous spring the year before. So, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, he was successful. He shot a a big bear with his bow and, you know, I got me all fired up and he, he's like, you know, dude, let's go back next year, you know, start saving and, and let's go. So, as far as the bear hunt was concerned, you know, I that that was completely new to me. I kind of he had kind of done most of that homework from being there a year before. But you know, we got there and we set you know set our own stands and look you know and whatnot. But the, the, the mule deer hunt is what kind of you know I, I spent a lot of time um, on on X maps. You know, mapping out where I wanted to go once I go out there. Uh, you know took a lot of time and emailed the the uh, conservation officer down there asking him questions about the area, you know whatnot and um, but that was about it. I mean, uh, she a lot of time at the range as yeah. far as for for my rifle at, at uh, in Colorado, you know, I was practicing you know, shooting at like 400 yards pretty consistently. And then I go out there and I shoot it. I shot that bucket at like a hundred yards. <laughs> it's kind of funny how it worked out, but.
0: Right. Right. Now, did you, did you do any type of, uh, physical preparation? You, you know, the buzz that, you know, in the quote unquote hunting industry or social media is all these people, you know, hitting the gym and taking mountain ops and doing that kind of stuff. Did you do any prep work for this, uh, for this trip? for those trips?
1: Uh, no, nothing as far as, like, with uh, um, pre-workouts or anything like that. No supplements, really. Just kind of worked out, yeah. And I have a yeah. pretty physical job, so, you know, I stay pretty active. But um, this year, I've definitely um, – I've really started to work out a little bit more just because after I uh, I shot that buck in Ohio this year in archery season, I thought I was going to be – I thought I was going to be laying on the ground there with him after uh, about halfway through the drag. So <laughs> I've definitely – I definitely have uh, started to hit the
0: gym a little bit more again. Gotcha. But, um, so let's let's hit this season up 2017. Um, what you okay? So just to just to give a little, I guess, foreshadowing, you have a bear hunt planned. You have a mule deer hunt planned, yeah. and then you're going to. Mm-hmm. Ohio for your your typical whitetail hunt. So let's start at the very yep. beginning and let's start talking about this bear hunt.
1: Okay. Well, it was you know about we left uh, May May twenty first, and you know it was about a thirteen hour drive to get up there. Um, and we got up there, got got set up at camp met with the you know the the outfitter. Um,
0: and this was in Canada, uh, yeah, right? You know,
1: this was in Ontario, Ontario, yeah, okay, was in yep. Ontario, yep. Yep, Ontario, Canada. Yep. Uh, I met with him. He showed us the sights. You know what I mean? Like I, I said, it's, uh, you know, it was pretty much just dog. He just put dog food in, in buckets and then tire wired them about, I don't know, uh, probably about five, five feet high. And basically he didn't run any cameras, nothing like that. He basically, you know, an old German guy who he had lived in Canada for like 40, 40 some years. Uh, you know, he just said if the bucket was ripped down then chances are it was a smaller bear because they couldn't just stand on their hind legs and look inside and to to get the bait. So that was our that was our former trail camera until we got there. Then, you know, we obviously set our own. But uh um, you know, put some cameras up, you know, had some bears coming on camera, didn't see anything the the, the first night there and then the following uh the following evening I, I shot my bear at about eight o'clock and it was probably mm, like 60 65 yard shot something like that and that that and this was the rifle
0: okay so you so i mean the way you described it made it sound like it was just real easy right you you got in contact with it, an outfitter yeah. you he put dog food yeah. out and then two days later yeah. you shot a a, a bear
1: yeah I, I probably should have been a little bit more picky but uh I, you know i'd I was just going up there to shoot a bear. I'm, it's not like, you know, it wasn't like whitetail hunting me where I had to shoot, you know, a nice, a nice sized buck. You know, it was just, yeah. I just wanted a bear. A bear was a bear to me. Right, right. It was so, more, for the exper- more for the experience.
0: Absolutely. So then, you know, it was, you know, you went to an outfitter. It sounds, it sounded like, but you had to go put your own tree stands up. So wh- like, yes. wh- was this yes. a, the guy says, Hey, there's probably a bear in this area. Go do what you got to do.
1: Well, he had he had pre baited two sites, and then we we started our own you know bait site once we got there on a different area that we we could hunt. Right. Um. And and yeah, we just you know we we set our own stands, which I would I'd you know I kind of rather do that anyway, you know, um, because I, I didn't really. And that was another reason why I wanted to go, you know, I was kind of a little bit more drawn to doing this hunt is cause I don't want to just show up somewhere and somebody just say, Hey, go climb up this tree. Like I want to have some sort of thought into it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, you know, we set up with, you know, set up some stands for some different winds and, uh, right. and, yeah, you know, and that was that. And yeah, the second night, yeah, I did. I probably should have been a little bit more picky, but.
0: Hey man, first bear. Yeah. You know, right? uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, it's awesome. i just got the shoulder mount back uh last week so i'm pretty excited it looks it looks awesome
0: okay so from a from a monetary standpoint how much did that that bear hunt cost you uh, not necessarily the gas there and back but the tag mm-hmm. the outfitter fee i mean what else what other whatever other fees there were associated with it
1: it was about 900 bucks
0: okay So it was,
1: it was fairly cheap. Yeah. It was fairly cheap funds. Yeah.
0: That sounds, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. That sounds really cheap. So it was $900 for the license and the outfitter fees altogether. Yes. Okay,
1: man, that sounds really cheap. That was nine like US, like 900 US dollars, which the rate was pretty decent at the time. I think it ended up being like a little over a thousand dollars, Canadian dollars. Yeah, it was really cheap. That's another reason why I wanted to do it. My, the outfitter, is um well i should start like this my my one buddy who's probably one of my best friends he lives um uh he has a uh a friend in ohio who owns a farm who i also hunt, hunt on well okay this mutual mutual friend has been going up there for like i don't know like 20 plus years Gotcha. so this this outfitter um he only takes whatever group of guys he brings every year so it's kind of, you kind of have to have an in, so it's ah, not like, you know, a bunch okay. of guys are going there, so which, it's, you know, kind of made it.
0: So it's not really an outfitter. I mean, it's like a guy that well, you know who's, because he's not bringing, he's not like out there advertising bear hunts, is he?
1: Not, not anymore, because he's, he's older. He, oh, okay. He used to
0: be like full,
1: full blown, like he I gotcha. did, it, you know, for, you know, for a living. And now that he's, you know, like he's 70 some years old and he's just kind of, you know, just and you know, just drinks, just drinks whiskey and, and chops wood all day pretty much.
0: <laughs> God, that'd be the life. But he was, a re-
1: yeah, it was pretty nice up there. I didn't want to leave. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but since I'm mutual friends uh, with Chuck who lives in Ohio, he, you know, he, you know, Wilhelm calls him every year and he's like, hey, you got, you have, you know, a group of guys that want to come up. If, if you do, then let me know and I'll start running bait. And if not, then. You know, come up and we'll just drink <laughs> so he goes up if no if nobody goes up and hunts uh he at least just goes up and and hangs out with them and whatnot Um That's awesome. but uh but he has you know it was over like a thousand acres that he has leased up there,
0: okay, so so then you know you 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 go up there this uh mm-hmm. the guy works the bait pile for a while, gets it yeah. established, you show up, you shoot your bear you know for for it being your first non-whitetail species right what was mm-hmm. that what was that like what was that experience like when this bear finally starts working its way in and you're you make the decision to shoot it did you i mean did you get like fired up what was the what was the feeling oh, going yeah. through your body
1: yeah it was it, it definitely was different it was it was pretty intense well we had gotten into the stand at like, I don't know, like three o'clock, which is pretty earlier because at that time of the year, it doesn't get dark till like almost 10 o'clock. And what time of year in was Canada. this? Like, it, That was the spring. It was May.
0: Oh, May. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah, it was May. It was spring. Of, yeah. And um, we were, like I said, we were on the stand at three. And I think around like four o'clock, we were in like a pine thicket. And I looked down and there's a the, the bigger bear that I had on camera was literally right under our tree and we had no idea he was even there that he had snuck in. It said, so, they're so quiet and then on top of it just being in his pines with the needles. I mean, you couldn't, he snuck right up on us. And I think he caught our ground because As soon as I caught him below us, he kind of caught us and, and, and took off. So, you know, that was pretty intense. And then, you know, he runs off, but, you know, we're trying to look for him to see what he's doing. And then, you know, about 30 minutes later, I just see a flash of him about a hundred yards away circling downwind of the bait, you know? So then, you know, I got all amped up again because I had seen him and then enough, about another hour went by and same deal. You know, you start to kind of, man, he you know, just wandered off. Like, you know, he's not going to come in. Right. You know, and then I seen him again, just kept seeing flashes of him on and off. You know, it was, it was, you get all amped up and then you wouldn't see him again for an hour and he'd be like, you know, from high, from high to low. And then my bear came in, which I assumed was the bigger bear that we had been seeing flashes up, you know, kind of coming in and out all, all evening. And as soon as that, my bear stepped out, I didn't hesitate at all. Cause it was the first shot I'd actually got at it. You know what I mean? And, and I just, it, I just dropped it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you, you shot him. I mean, what, what yeah. was it like? Cause I'll be honest with you at this time in my life, I'm like, I want to hunt bear someday, but not right now. I don't don't find it... For me, I don't find it interesting yet. That's not to say I won't someday. I just like, of all the animals out there that I want to hunt, bear is not on that list. So Mm -hmm. was it... I mean, talk to me a little bit about from the moment you pulled the trigger to the time that you walked down and actually laid hands on him for the first time. What was going through your head? It...
1: It it was just pretty. It was pretty awesome. I was, at first I was in disbelief because I was like, man, there's a bear on the ground over there, and it's and, and then it did the you know the death moan like right in front of us, which was my buddy actually has that on on film because he was trying to film me, but like I said, as soon as that Bear stepped out, I didn't wait for him to to hit the record button. I just I wasn't up there to make a video. I was just there to shoot a bear. So, right. but. You know, we, you know, we got down and he started walking up on this bear. And then that, when you start to walk up on it, to me, that is when it was, it kind of really hit me because I was like, man, this is a bear. Like, this isn't like walking up on a deer.
0: You know what I mean? Like,
1: I think I poked it probably like a dozen times before I actually touched it to make sure it was dead. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it was pretty awesome. I mean, they're, they're a pretty amazing animal. And, you know, like you said, it's not. You know, it wasn't exactly, you know, super high on my, to my list to do, but it was just a really cheap, cheap hunt. And I was, you know, I always wanted to shoot a bear and I just kind of capitalized on the opportunity, but it's definitely, I think like, a, like, you know, I I did it once and, you know, kind of experienced it and that's, I, I might do it again one day, but it's definitely not like, you know, getting got me hooked or anything like whitetail hunting. Yeah yeah
0: so this but it bear, was definitely a cool experience so i'm looking at the picture of this bear you're holding it in your your quote unquote hero shot and it's got kind of like a white patch on its chest is that common yep
1: uh it, yeah it, it is but it's not you know it's definitely it adds and makes it more of a trophy for sure yeah you know what i mean it's fact, yeah okay uh, it was uh and i looked it up after i shot it because i was like you know i gotta Kind of explain to people. It's actually called a blaze, is what they call that on a bear okay. when they have a patch on their chest. Okay. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool.
0: And then how uh, how much did this bear weigh, and how much meat did you get off of him?
1: It's about 180 pounds live. Okay. Um, and I didn't really, I didn't weigh really end up weighing out the meat, but I probably, yeah, it's kind of hard to say. I didn't really weigh it, you know. I I right had it, but I got decent, a decent amount. And it was really good the, 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 the steak was better than the ground. Yeah. Um, I kind of had trouble cooking up the ground for whatever reason. I just couldn't seem to, to doctor it up enough, but the steak for, for whatever reason was, you know, it was, it was really good, but you just had to make sure you cook it, cook it enough. Like you do pork cause of, um, uh, the bug, I forget yeah, I forget what that's called. It's the same thing they have
0: in pork. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because like, People say that out west, you know, if they shoot an antelope, they can they can taste the sage in the meat because that's really all they eat. So did your bear taste like dog food at all?
1: <laughs> maybe the ground meat did. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe I just wanted to uh, try to convince myself that it right. tasted better than it did. I don't right. know. Maybe everyone put on a good face for me whenever I was proud and, you know, like you're – giving giving some to my wife you know maybe yep. she just put on a smile i'll have to ask her
0: <laughs> all right so so you you got this bear right what did it cost for you to do the taxidermy work on it
1: it was 650 okay. um i got a, a shorter mount because i wanted to get a half mount especially with the that blaze on its chest i really show that off but i i'll it's uh it looks really good actually the shorter mount, but i got a um like a scenery kind of added to it because they they look kind of kind of goofy i think without without nothing else added to them just as a shorter but um yeah i knew i was gonna head to colorado so i had to have to be careful on what i spent
0: right okay so you you got this bear it's end of may now and now you're not going now you're not you're you're not going to i mean what what came first the whitetail hunt or the mule deer hunt the mule deer hunt the mule deer first. hunt okay yeah so <clears throat> yeah you had the whole summer of no hunting right yep. so now it, yes. it it starts to come time to think about this um this mule deer hunt and you said you'd done some research mm-hmm. talked to um a biologist or a DNR. was it a biologist or a DNR officer? DNR officer for, for that specific area. Okay. I talked to him. All right. So what did this, when you, when you talked to that DNR officer, what was he, what did he tell you? What was the information that he provided you?
1: Uh, I just kind of asked, cause this was all new to me, you know, as far as I told him where I was hunting, I asked him, you know, is, is there you know some decent sized deer in that area, which um, I think it was like 95. There, there's actually the unit I was in, there was zero public land no public land. So that was, you know, a big bonus. You know, we were pretty excited about that. We, you know, kind of assumed that there would be some big deer out there, but kind of just, you know, wanted to confirm it and talk with him. He said there were some nice bucks out there. Um, And after that, I was just kind of asking him, you know, like, Hey, you know, what's, you know, what kind of specific area should I look for out here? You know, it's all new to me and, you know, it pretty much was just the low spots for, you know, the the gullies and the the ravines and the, the creek bottoms there, which don't have any water in them. but they're called creek bottoms and um you know that was about it just kind of trying to because my two my two friends who went on the trip with me they got to go out there and and kind of scout it out and they went the beginning of in may actually right before the bear hunt one friend that went on my bear hunt with me and just filmed He was there a year before he went on the the mule deer hunt so they were out there scouting and i didn't get to go because I was going to Canada, you know, a couple of weeks later, and I just right. couldn't swing it with work, and that that kind of drove me nuts because I couldn't, you know, I was basically just going in blind, and that, you know, I didn't really like that. So, um, you know, they had got to, you know, go out there and put some boots on the ground and whatnot, but I had to take their word for it, and I trust them, but uh, I try to put, I try to put all, as much as I can in my corner, you know, try to. That was right. kind of driving me nuts a little bit, so. Right. So yeah, what, I tried to, to gain a little bit of knowledge from the officer, right? So what month was this? October October October, October yeah, we left October 28th,
0: okay, so this was, was a, opening
1: was opening day,
0: right? Okay, so it was opening day a rifle um, right that you shot him with a rifle
1: Yeah, I believe it was their second second season rifle.
0: okay, okay second season of uh, of the rifle uh, season so when you, I mean, was this on public ground? Was it on private ground? Um, what what was the access like out there?
1: It was on uh, private ground. Okay, private ground. My my buddy's uncle. Yeah, we we, we stayed with him, and he got us permission from a neighboring rancher, and uh, that's that's where we hunted.
0: Okay, so was this like high country mule deer? Was it in the foothills? Where like was it the eastern plains? What uh, what was the terrain like out there?
1: We were in Eastern Plains. It was just you know rolling and nothing crazy in, in elevation. You know rolling, you know rolling hills. You know a lot of a lot of cactus. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> um, yeah, Not yeah. It's I'm, I still got them in me. Um, but yeah, rolling hills, a lot of brush. Very, you know, pretty pretty open. Okay. You know, very very open terrain. Besides the creek bottoms, that was about the only the only cover.
0: Right, right. So was this a hunt that i mean when you got out there i mean i've been to colorado before it's absolutely beautiful right the entire yeah, west yeah, is, was is beautiful but mm-hmm. when you got out there and you didn't do any scouting did did what the dnr officer tell you and what you were seeing the you know the first day as far as deer numbers and terrain and whatnot match up with what he was kind of talking to you about yeah,
1: yeah, they pretty much were were in the lowlands and then and then, and then the gullies and stuff like that. My buddy had um, jumped one and shot one out of a of a ravine. So, um, yeah, it definitely it definitely was accurate. The, that first night we got there, you know, we got him from got him from the airport. His uncle picked us up, got something to eat, and you know, I was I was ready to go, go out then. But we um, uh, met with the landowner and he kind of showed us, you know, which you know which um, uh, pasture to go into, which, you know, which was, I think it was, what was it? fifteen, fifteen hundred 1500 acres. Yeah. So, you know, that was just, just one portion of what he had that he let us hunt and he had quite a bit more, but that's, that's what he let us on. So he showed us, you know, where to, where to go in the morning, where to park. And, uh, we kind of just glassed the first night and just kind of got a feel for everything. And
0: what were the numbers? Like? The,
1: the first, what's that as far as the deer? Yeah. Um, we really didn't see a, a ton really. It was kind of con- a little bit concerning. I mean, um, but we all ended up doing fairly well for, you know, as for how it started and how it looked, yeah. um, uh, really didn't see any kind of, we had a group of like, I think it was about six come through the first morning, um, came through his property and my buddy had shot the, the one buck and then uh, uh that was pretty much it for today we just kind of you know helped him get it out of there and, and cut it up and whatnot. on and the second day the second day i shot i shot mine oh well, no i take that back the second day i glassed and i found an area where i was seeing a lot of deer cruising this creek bottom cutting on from another uh bordering private property um which had looked like to be a lot of the bedding in there it was pretty thick Um, and then they were cutting onto the property we could hunt to get to, to the water. he had a, um, um, so second day was pretty much just glassing kind of, you know, pinpointing the deer. And then the third day I shot mine about midday. Gotcha.
0: So Um, what were these mule deer, what were these mule deer doing? Uh, like from the, from the bed to, it sounds like they were bedding, then they were going to water, um, was there any, what were they, what were they eating? Was there a food source? Was there like a ag field or, around or what?
1: No, not really any ag
0: fields or anything like that. Just kind of just, um,
1: just the, just the brush and whatnot. I mean, there was, there's nothing really there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's pretty, pretty barren. Um, But yeah, it was pretty much from, you know, coming from bed to, to, to feed in the water. And start to see a little you know a little bit of, of rutting activity t- towards the end of the the week that we were there. It was just kind of starting to pick up. I want to even say it was you know maybe the beginning stages of their pre rut when we were there gotcha um towards the end of the week it got a little bit colder temperatures, and we started to see and you know, every time every time we'd see a boat, you know a doe, we had a buck with it
0: gotcha um so then did you the previous day did you when you shot your buck, the previous day you said you did a lot of glassing. Did you locate yeah. this particular buck that you ended up shooting and say, okay, well I want to go back here and try to kill kill that buck?
1: I did not look at, no, I didn't locate that buck, but I located a lot of does. I've seen okay. a lot of does bedded bedding in this shaded area in this creek because, like I said, that's that's the only place there's really trees. Yeah. Um so the next morning you know, I got in there pretty early and got up on this, uh, This I guess you could say, call it like a ridge, like overlooking down into the creek bottom. Gotcha. You know, it's just a pretty, and uh, and I just caught him, you know, coming out of there. And uh, and that was about it. About a hundred yard shot and
0: uh, celebrated. <laughs> was this, uh, did you have, was this something that you had to prepare for with any type of preference points?
1: Uh, no this this unit was um you know we it was a draw but the odds were really good
0: okay so you just had to so apply we, we all got drawn you had to apply for it yep
1: yes we so. had to apply for it yeah okay it wasn't over the counter we had to apply for it but the, it it was pretty good
0: odds for that season okay so you applied you applied with no. Uh, with no preference points, and you got it. Yep. Okay, no. Cool. No preference points. Now, now yep, did, first did, year. did you apply as a group so that like all of you were going to get yeah. drawn, or none of you were going to get drawn?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a bit. It was pretty messed up because uh, my, you know, my buddies. If my buddy didn't get drawn, and we go to his uncle's house without him, that <laughs> yeah. wouldn't. That uh, wouldn't have went too well.
0: Right. Absolutely. Man, you got some good friends hooking you up with bear hunts and mule deer hunts and and all that. I stuff. do. <laughs>
1: they, yeah they are yeah they're, they're they're good guys i love
0: them so so walk me through and i know you kind of briefly mentioned it but you said you you sat up on this ridge you were watching these deer mm-hmm. kind of cross this um this, they're crossing a fence line a fence line okay um, coming yeah. out of like thicker timber into the open or was it just like taller grass
1: uh, no thicker timber, just a, you know, wood. You know, some trees in a creek bottom. It wasn't like tall, tall, you know, tall brush or anything. It just had the majority of trees. It had, you know, it was pretty much the only cover around. Gotcha. And they were coming out of there, crossing um, the bordering private onto ours to get to to get to the water.
0: Okay. Which was,
1: you know, it was pretty. It was pretty open. So that that tree, and that's actually where, you know, that the following day my other buddy tagged out the same, the same spot. So that, that was the spot that was pretty much the only cover around was on the bordering private property in that Creek bottom.
0: Gotcha. So you shot your deer, you got him out of there. And then the next day your buddy came in in the same location and was able to catch yep. those deer moving through again.
1: Yeah. He shot, yeah. He actually shot the biggest one. Yeah. This one was first thing in the morning coming from the water to bed Okay, across the to cross the the fence, go into the bordering private. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and we shot him hurt me first thing in the
0: morning. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Um yeah. Now. Yeah. Again, it, was, it was awesome. Again, you know, first new, like now it's just your second new species, right? You you shot you shot yeah. white before. You shot yeah. a bear. Now you've shot a mule deer, and I don't know like anything about mule deer, but the one that you shot looks gorgeous.
1: Yeah, it was a. It, it's incredible how much bigger their body sizes are than, than whitetails You, I mean, it's. You know, you, you see pictures and everything, but until you you really physically see them, I mean, I think I sent you that one of that John Deere tractor that was my my buddy's uncle had holding it up next yeah. to me. I mean, it seems yep. just, it's, it's just it's just they were they were all. I mean, even, you know, even the other ones my buddy shot the the one my other friend shot that one was even bigger. I mean, they're just they're they're big bodied animals. Yeah, Thick, yeah. huge necks. Yeah. big big old necks.
0: And, and you you said that there was some rut activity going on.
1: Yes, which probably contributed. to that. Yeah, towards the end of the week, it, it picked up. It was a little hot the first couple of days, and then it, we got some cooler temperatures. The temperature changes, it, you know, on a dime, it drastically changes. Right. You know, twenty twenty plus degrees, and and that really that kicked off a lot. Right. Absolutely. It, it, it really started moving all day.
0: So then, um what did what did that tag cost you
1: that tag was 386 and then i think it was a 10 dollar habitat stamp so it was about it was almost 400 bucks yeah three, 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 three ninety six, 96
0: and then airfare out there what from from uh pennsylvania from pittsburgh you fly out of pittsburgh
1: yep pittsburgh Pittsburgh to, to uh pittsburgh to denver
0: Pittsburgh to Denver let me guess somewhere around uh 400 bucks for uh round trip
1: no my my uh my one friend he he found an amazing deal and we got it for $200 round trip Jesus that's amazing (laughs) yeah we we booked it pretty early I mean I, I think I text him like every day you know, for like two weeks straight, like, Hey, if you booked the flights, you booked the flights. Cause he's, you know, he's pretty savvy with that. So he yeah. found us some pretty good, some pretty good deals.
0: Okay. And
1: it was, it was a lot less, it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be either, as far as taking a rifle into an airport. It was, it was really nonchalant. I was a little freaked out about it, but at first, <laughs> you know, I, I called, the, I called them, you know, to make sure like, Hey, you know, do I need to tell somebody before I walked in with the case? And they're like, no,
0: just walk in and, Take it to this counter and you know, they'll check it, it's no big deal, right? Okay, so you got uh, you got $200 for the airfare, you got $400 for the tag, and you killed a a beautiful mule deer, and now you have more taxidermy work. How much did did you get this one shoulder mounted?
1: I did, okay, I won't, yeah, I won't get it back for a while, but um, yeah, that was the tax service i go to i think the mule deer was an extra 50 bucks compared to a white tail so it was 550 for the for the shoulder mount
0: 550 for the shoulder mount and uh is that is that something that you got done in colorado or were you able to bring all that back on the airplane to pennsylvania we
1: brought it we brought it back unfortunately we didn't
0: we didn't get it uh bring the meat back
1: we, we gave that a lot to pretty much gave it away to the rancher who let us hunt and yeah. I, I didn't i didn't want to take the chance of it going bad or anything on the plane That just right. you know with, so we left that with his family but we took it to a taxidermist there and had him cape them out okay and uh and then we went to walmart and bought a big i think you know, like 10 gallon tote and we were able to fit all three of the racks in there you know, after a, a couple a couple rounds of trying to figure out which way to squeeze them in there so everything fit together, and we froze the capes, you know, stuck them in there, and then duct tape duct taped it all up and put zip ties through the handles. I wasn't letting anybody at the airport open that thing up.
0: Right. So when you <laughs> and, uh, how how long did it take then on that trip, you know, from from Denver to Pittsburgh uh-huh. and to get it back to refreeze again? Was it starting to thaw out when you got home or? How long did that trip take? Slightly,
1: it's slightly. It was about, I think, it was about two hours and like forty five minutes.
0: Okay, all right. I believe what it
1: was. It was it was starting to thaw slightly, but not a, not enough. Just like the the ears, you know, the thinner part the ears were. But everything else was was a, was pretty solid. But, gotcha. Um, yeah.
0: So when are you getting that te- that mount back?
1: Uh, unfortunately, the uh, I, when I just picked up my bear from. Uh, from my taxidermist he's gotta get neck surgery. So he said, uh, you know, you bear with me, but everything's gotta kinda of get pushed back probably about four or five months. So oh, buddy. Uh yeah, it's all right. I yeah. mean it's you know, it is it is what it is. It's, but uh um I'll probably be getting that back. Geez probably close to December. Gotcha. probably.
0: Okay. All right. Well you got some time then. You'll probably have another mule deer down by the sounds of it between uh you now and then but headbut- but um, I, I gotta
1: pay for my whitetail first before, before <laughs> I pay for my mule deer. I'll get. I think. I think I'll get that in like September now.
0: So your your whitetail. Yeah, from this. Yeah, I'll get my whitetail in September. Okay, and that's September or October. Hopefully, and that's the the next thing we're going to talk about, right? Because so yes. you got a bear, you got a mule deer, and now you, you're it's late October. You're going back to. Idaho or back to Pennsylvania to so you can go yeah. to Ohio to catch the the whitetail rut so talk yes. to us a little bit about this whitetail hunt and this this was with archery gear right yeah yep okay so yeah talk to me a little bit about I mean this is a, another gorgeous animal here so talk to me about this uh this whitetail that you ended up shooting okay so
1: so, like I said, I got to um, I got to Colorado on the 28th, and, the, like, the day I got there, my brother, I was like, you know, hey, man, I finally got him to buy an Ohio license, and, and he, you know, he's starting to, we're starting to hunt together now in Ohio. I was like, you should really go check this spot out. Cause it was a, a creek bottom that we had um, gotten permission on the year before and didn't get to hunt it. We got permission the previous, um, you know, that spring. Yeah. So we scouted it out, you know, I mean, after the season found, I mean, just, just creep on, just tore up with scrapes. So, you know, we set a camera there probably the beginning of October and just kind of let it go. And, uh, I was like, man, you should go check that spot out. You know what I mean? Before, uh, probably at the end of the month, you know, around, you know, around Halloween and the day I get to Colorado, he sends me like four or five pictures of five different bucks hitting the scrape in daylight. And I'm like, Oh, I shouldn't have. I should have just stayed home and had the whitetails and not went to Colorado. But uh, so I get home that uh, I shot I shot my mule deer on Tuesday, flew home Thursday, um, took my wife to the airport on Friday morning, which uh, uh, what was, was the November third, and um, you know dropped her off and then. Came home, grabbed my gear, and uh, and then headed out to this spot. My brother had hunted it a couple of days before, and he had seen a pretty decent buck. Um, so I get out there and got you know got my gear set and uh, head into the woods. Checked our camera, and there was a, the buck I, I took a uh, shot was there the night before at five o'clock. So you know the the wind was the same the day he came in the previous day that it was the day I was there. So I knew which direction he was coming from. So I kind of you know, took a minute and, and looked around and, and, and picked what I thought would be you know, the best tree kind of cutting the, the wind as best as I could. And, um, got up in it with my, my lone wolf and, and my sticks and got set. And then that was about by the time I got out there, it was probably two, two thirty something like that. Yeah. And, at 3.30, um, in front of me, there's a there's a field in this bottom, all the way in the bottom. Now, that field I can't hunt or anything, but um, there is, I saw a buck walking the edge of it. I just kind of caught a flash of him, and I threw a couple calls at him, and I seen him, you know, kind of working my way, and he disappeared. And then a couple minutes later, you know, this buck comes, you know, right right in front of me right into the stand, probably about 25 yards in front of me. And it's, it's a, you know, my, you know, it's a giant to me. It ended up being squaring about 150 inches. Um, and he's just got this one branch in, in front of him. And I just can't I'm figure there's no point in rushing and taking a shot and injuring him. I do not want to do that, you know? And uh, he ended up turning around and starting to walk back the way he came from. And I tried to stop him and he you know, he just bolted. So that really that was a big bummer. Um and then, you know, you know, I was kinda of bummed out, you know, but it's still early, so kinda of just got you know, got back in the game and about an hour later I hear something coming behind me and I turn around and it's it's probably a hundred and forty inch buck coming. in but you know, this time he hit coming from a bad spot. He comes in down down of me. And he picked me up right away. He 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 caught me. So he goes running off, and I'm just, like, demoralized <laughs> at this point because i just seen, like, the two biggest deer of my life. And it's just, I'm like, man, like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm texting my brother and my friends. I'm like, dude, like you're not going to believe this. So, you know, oh, well, it, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm out there, so, you know, I try to psych myself back into it again. And then at about 530, I heard a deer coming behind me the same direction the previous one had came and you know at this point uh the wind was really starting to die down and it was really starting to cool off so I really don't think that the, the kind of the thermals and the wind wasn't swirling as much since I was in this bottom I think it's the only reason I kind of I kind of got away with it was getting a, maybe a couple extra extra minutes or so with this deer from busting me but uh if um he was about 30 yards behind me, and I, you know, got my rangefinder up. He was about, you know, like I said, 30 yards and a quarter and away, and and I shot him and hit the, ended up lodging it in the offside shoulder. And he ran about 40 yards in front of me and and powered up. And that that deer, he ended up scoring 130. That's the one I shot. So I went from 150, didn't get a shot. 140, didn't get a shot, and then. <laughs> And it just slowly kept working his way down, I guess, unfortunately. Well, he, but that was the biggest deer I've ever killed. So
0: he's a one thirty-eight pointer, though, right? I mean, he's got. It looks like he's got a little kicker yeah. that's uh, could you could. Yeah,
1: count. I, yeah, you couldn't really. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm
0: he's not got gonna great mass.
1: He does. And I'm actually getting them the teeth, the jawbone teeth, uh, aged, and I should be hearing back from them soon. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking. I want to, man. I don't know this for this area. He's at least three. I mean, no doubt okay. he's at least three. But I wouldn't say anything more than four at, at that. But yeah. he's probably three year old.
0: A Good mass on his antlers, man. Um, I tell you, it's a, another again another beautiful animal.
1: Yeah, that one means that one means a lot because I've been i hunting Ohio quite a few years now, and and that was the biggest buck I shot. There. I just really wanted to get it to get it done there. I shot, you know, like I said in 2016, my mm-hmm. first. You know, big buck in PA, which was like scored one twenty one and then uh last year that was my first big one in Ohio. So I was I was ecstatic. I can't wait to get that one back. That one that one means the most to me. Yeah. Um just from from finding the property, you know, the year before and and putting in all that work and find it just you do it all yourself and it all comes together. You can't beat it.
0: Yeah. So so now what? Right. I mean, you just had one of the greatest years ever, as far as yeah. you know, you're hitting, you're batting a thousand, man. You you know, three different, three different hunting trips, three different kills. Um, all, well, wait a second. I, I got to back up. What does a non resident Ohio tag cost?
1: It actually literally just went up. It just went up, but not much, though. I mean, it, it was 125, now it's 141.
0: 141, okay? And then yeah. what let me guess 500 bucks for the 500 bucks for the uh, whitetail taxidermy? No.
1: Oh, wait, the taxidermy, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, 5 500, yeah. 500. Okay. <laughs> let me read through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me read through your expenses. You, and this You don't is, need to do the math. It's th- all good. No, I'm not going to do the math. I'm just going to say the numbers, right? 900, okay. 650, 400, 200. 550 141 500 does your wife know how much you spent on taxidermy tags and and hunting in 2017 oh yeah she's cool with it yeah
1: i owe her i i owe her big time yeah <laughs> yeah yeah she's she's yeah she's amazing oh man
0: so um, so yeah, I, is this I one got, of those I things is this one of those things where she's going to be like, okay, now it's my turn. I want you to take me on a trip or I want you to get me something special or, or, uh, does she make yep. comments like that?
1: Well, yeah. Well, so, I mean, she really,
0: she really yeah. went out of her way last year because I went on a bear hunt
1: and then we, we didn't, we didn't do anything last year. We didn't go on vacation or, or anything. And then yeah. I went to Colorado too. So this year, this year we're going to go on vacation for our anniversary in, in June and then, and then, uh. Actually, now me and my brother, um, we got. Geez, I don't know. I think we just got like seven different side jobs to do, and we're planning to to go do Wyoming in October to uh, try to do an antelope hunt on, on public land. So nice. that's next on the list. I'm just gonna try, try to keep checking them off, I guess. But
0: so and uh, so and Wyoming.
1: Be good I'm,
0: I'm, yeah, good. So Wyoming antelope is your is your next hunt. Any other additional hunts outside of antelope other than your whitetail hunt?
1: no not this year no okay all right i'm still trying to recover from last year
0: (laughs) (laughs) man it's gonna take you almost an entire season just to replenish the budget
1: yeah it really is that's why i'm i'm like i said i'm doing as many jobs as i can i think we got like six or seven jobs to do so that that's gonna that's gonna probably take care of it and we're gonna be able to go and it's pretty cheap to go to Wyoming too for a uh, you know, do-it-yourself on it's right around a thousand bucks which you know, is pretty cheap for a hunt
0: yeah yeah
1: Not so that's that. for everything you know that's you know that's you know gas trap,
0: you know yeah. tag absolutely Hotel. well man I tell you what I really appreciate you uh, hopping on the podcast today Joe and uh, you know walking us through the best you know your sounds like I mean correct me if I'm wrong but is, this is the best season you've ever had oh yeah yeah, for, for sure yeah, I was very very fortunate That's this, um, this probably isn't going to happen too
1: often perfect
0: well again I'll try to th- make
1: it happen as much as I can but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hear that I hear that well again man thanks for uh, hopping on and sharing uh, sharing the stories from last season with us no problem man. thanks for having me Huge shout-out to Joe for coming on the podcast, man. Really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, hop on and share those kick-ass stories with us, man. Those are the kind of stories that make me want to get out west and go try other new, unique hunts and new things, new adventures, so to speak. So uh, thanks for coming on. Huge shout-out to all the partners of this podcast, Ripcord, Exodus, Wasp, Ozonix, and Lone Wolf. If it wasn't for those companies... I would be putting out less podcasts, and I like to put out a lot of podcasts, uh, you may have noticed. So uh, with their support, that is making this whole thing work and this happen and financing this whole thing. So please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Thank you for downloading wherever it is you're downloading thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you if you haven't already go check out the sportsman's nation on social media check out nine finger chronicles on social media a lot of cool things coming a lot of new podcasts every week you know this and uh, i just my goal is to get better every week with this and continue to put out really good content with really cool relatable people and uh else what else what else man it's turkey season i'm gonna go out and try to shoot a tom in the face and then i'm gonna eat him and you know all that kind of good stuff and then after that man hopefully i find a couple mushrooms and then it's time to start putting out minerals and trail cameras and starting this whole thing all over again getting ready for elk and i'm busy the blog is coming man there's a blog coming to the sportsman's nation so keep an eye out for that enough talking I got to go to bed because I can hear my kid crying. If you're going to be in a tree, please, for the love of God, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good weekend.